Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. As Dan mentioned, we're looking together at the harvest, aren't we, over this month, and I think we'll continue uh, longer with this subject specifically, but I trust that for all of us, we've had this growing sense and awareness, even if we had it before and it was there before, that the harvest is ready and it's ripe and it's great, it's vast, and that God is calling us to reach to those around us and to recognize, you know, in the word that Sarah brought for Dan and Midi, about that fragrance. And there's no doubt, if we don't have a fragrance, then people will be neutral about us. But in Corinthians, Paul very clearly says, you carry, you have, you are the aroma of Christ. And to some, you will stink. Because they'll be aware of their death. But to others, there'll be this fragrance of life that we all carry because we're alive because Jesus lives, and he lives in us by his Holy Spirit. And um, as we were thinking about this morning, we want to give time in the not-too-distant future for fellowship and for people to sign up for stuff, because we've got loads of different things going on. We've got lots of things to, to just remind uh, ourselves of, and then some things to sign up. But there's a song that I would like us to sing, and it's kind of, it's the most harvest-focused song when, when you have an opportunity to lead worship, one of the things you ask is, Lord, what do you want us to focus on this week? Where are you leading us? Where, where's the emphasis? Because we can sing and we can talk about so many things because God's glory is, is vast, it's manifold, it's, it's, it's multifaceted. And there are times when God says, I want you to focus on this aspect of my nature or this characteristic or this emphasis. And, and in thinking about harvest, you know, there's a real lack of songs about reaching the world. But actually, that's what God has called us to do. That was Jesus' great commission. That's one of the last things he said to his disciples. Go into all the world, preaching the good news. Even Hawaii. Do you know how many green faces I saw from the stage as soon as we said that? Like, Lord, don't send me to oh, Hawaii. It will be hard work. They're not going for a jolly, we know that. But wherever we are, that God is calling us into his great mission. That tomorrow, this afternoon, part of that great mission. And, and, and that's what we've been talking about. And So have a think for a moment. In the songs that you know that we sing, any songs that might talk about or mention harvest. Okay, welcome to my world. Does anybody have a, a harvest song? And it's not, I've got a brand new combine harvester. I'll give you the key. <laughs> Days of Elijah. Give that lady a big prize because that is the song. Huh? Bringing in the sheaves. That's a great shout, Christopher Alton. We will resurrect that bad boy for another Sunday. But yeah, these are the days of Elijah. So Adam, Adam Hartson, the wonderful AV genius. Could you put the words to these are the days of Elijah for us? 
Do you know what? One of, one of my big beefs about worship songs today is we don't sing enough scripture. And we don't sing enough about Jesus and God. Certainly don't glorify him. It's about what God can do for me. And actually, you know what Tim said on Wednesday night, if you, if you were here on Wednesday night, he basically said, God, let me be part of your plan today. Not, Lord, somehow fit into mine. <laughs> but, Lord, let me be part of your plan. Let me be part of your day today. And that emphasis of that we're here to serve him. Sometimes we talk about the Lion of Judah like he's on a lead for us. No, he's there to lead us. Not there to sort out our issues. We're there to follow him. And as we seek him and his kingdom, everything else gets sorted out alongside it, doesn't it? And it says this, these are the days of Elijah declaring the word of the Lord. And, and there's something about this song that's about proclaiming the word of God. If you read the story of Elijah, he was a man who was not afraid to proclaim, to declare, even though at some point he thought he was the only one doing it, the only righteous prophet in Israel. And he had a real moan to God about that and ended up retreating to a cave because of it. But when you read about Elijah's life, and I I'd like to encourage you, 1 Kings 17 through to 2 Kings 2, you read the story of the life of Elijah, and he was introduced into Israel, into that kingdom, that northern kingdom of Israel, with all of its evil kings during Israel's darkest time. And God is calling for a people of proclamation that are proclaiming the word of God during the darkest times. These are dark times, aren't they? Has anybody noticed that? But rather than pointing at the darkness, no, that's terrible, that's really dark, oh, that's really awful, no, we proclaim the good news, and we stand up with a different message, and all of a sudden there's an aroma and a smell of something different to what the world is, is, is encountering and sniffing, but we're here to proclaim and declare the word of the Lord, to proclaim and you know, as we sing this song, it's, it's proclaiming and declaring that God is calling people to repentance and to return to him. Do you remember when Elijah is on Mount Carmel and he's there with all of the prophets of Baal and Jezebel's henchmen, Ahab and Jezebel, the, world, the, the Bible's worst couple probably, okay? And Jezebel is there with her prophets worshiping Baal and they build an altar and Elijah challenges them to fill it with water there'd been a drought and he's like get water douse it keep dousing it keep going keep going and then off they go the prophets of Baal start chanting and dancing and slashing themselves and beating themselves and and calling out to Baal and nothing is happening and Elijah is having a great time watching these guys beat themselves up for nothing well actually no it was for something it was because he knew God was going to be glorified and then just before he does, plays his part, he stands up in front of the people and he says, how long will you waver between two opinions? How long will you have one foot that's there to support and run after Baal and one foot that may be ready to chase after the Lord? Make your decision now. Return to the Lord with all your heart. And then he calls and fire comes from heaven and consumes the water and the sacrifice and everything else. And he slaughters the prophets of Baal. And he makes a clear declaration, Jesus, well, not Jesus at that point, Jehovah is Lord. He is King. And the world is desperate for a people who are not afraid to stand up. Even when we're severely outnumbered. Even when there's a lot of noise going on around us of people with their own views and their own opinions that is essentially, we can be like Elijah and say, I don't know where your God is. Maybe he's popped out to the shops. 
Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's taking a comfort break on the loo. Maybe he's got jelly in his ears. But our God listens and he hears. And we move in power. Not just word, proclaiming in word, but proclaiming in deed. The word of the Lord. That's what God is calling us to be. And then we read, these are the days of Moses. If we go back to the first slide, the first verse, please. There you go. Your servant Moses. Righteousness being restored. And as I read about that and I thought about it, you know, God wants us to be people of promise. Moses received the covenant, didn't he, from God. He received the law. He received the commandments. But tied into that, when you read Deuteronomy 28, are blessings for obedience and curses for disobedience. But, but here's the thing. By obeying and being righteous and living in line with God's will and God's word, we're blessed. There are promises for us. And God wants us to be people of proclamation, but he also wants us to be people of promise. That we can declare to people God's righteousness is not about following all of the rules and getting everything right. It's about turning to him, giving him your heart, coming in line with his will, and then everything else follows from there. That we're people of proclamation, we're people of promise, we're people who are calling for the world to return and repent, and we're calling and declaring and exhibiting in our lives righteousness. Living in the good of the promises of God. I think that's just quite scripture heavy, this song. I'm quite liking it so far. And then it goes on to say, verse 2. These are the days of Ezekiel. If you put that slide up, please. These are the days of Ezekiel. And Ezekiel was the prophet of the Lord. In his story, he spent 30 years training to be a priest. And just before it was his time to serve in the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, he's shipped off to Babylon, hundreds of miles away from the place where he'd been trained for the rest of his person. But but what happens in Ezekiel 1? Have you read Ezekiel 1? What is going on there? If you do Google Images, Ezekiel 1, I tell you what, there's some random drawings and illustrations because it's so difficult to capture what it is that he's seen. But what he has seen, he sees Jesus glorified. He sees the Holy Spirit moving. He sees angelic heavenly movement on the earth. And he realizes God's presence isn't limited to the temple. But God is present everywhere. And he becomes a prophetic priest. And he does some incredible things. He lies on his left side for 390 days. I mean, that's a lion, isn't it? As a physiotherapist, I would not recommend that, okay? But he lies on his left side for 390 days. Read Ezekiel. And then God says, you know, Ezekiel, have a rest. Go on to your right side for 40 days. And in that time, he's declaring prophetically to the people of God that they're about to come under attack. That Jerusalem is about to fall. That the temple's about to be destroyed. He's prophesying the judgment of God. The righteous wrath and judgment of God that's coming on the people. But he's a, a prophet. And here's the incredible thing. For somebody who wasn't ever able to serve in the temple of God in Jerusalem. What, do, what vision does he have at the end of Ezekiel? When you read Ezekiel 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47. The, the temple. He's there in the heavenly temple. And he sees a temple where God is present, where there's a river that flows from within it. He's taken in Ezekiel 37 to a dry, deserted valley with just bones, 
dry, dead, very dead bones all over the place. And God gives him a vision of what happens when the Holy Spirit comes and he begins to bring life, resurrection life into those who were dead before. And what stands up before him? An army of God filled with the Ruach. You should say Ruach. It feels good. Ruach. The Spirit of God, the breath of God. We're here to proclaim like Elijah, and call people to return to God. We're here to declare the promises of God and live righteously, and we're here to be a prophetic people that declare revelation, the Holy Spirit, that he's in us and that he's with us. Is the Holy Spirit in you right now? Is the Holy Spirit in you right now? Just begin to speak to him right now. He's, he wants to just to remind you and me of the deposit, the richness, the fullness. The Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're in us. Not just in this room, but you're in us. And Spirit of God, I pray wherever there's dryness, wherever there's been a dying of things, we just proclaim right now that wind of God, that you would blow afresh, that you would blow afresh right now, that you would restore life, that you'd restore strength, that you'd restore movement, that you'd cause us to stand up on the inside and be a prophetic people of revelation. Holy Spirit, would you help us to do that, to glorify Jesus in our lives? Amen. These are the days of Ezekiel, dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant David rebuilding the temple of praise. Read about David's life in 1 and 2 Samuel, in 1 Chronicles, and lots of other places. But Psalms exhibit his heart for worship. And you read in in Chronicles his desire to establish 24-7 worship. You know, if we're flagging by the end of 55 minutes, can you imagine what it would have been to be a priest serving for David. But he had the best musicians, the best singers. He took the Ark of the Covenant into a special tent where they could worship around it all the time. And it became a place that was available to all the nations to worship. And you read in Acts 15, the the Council of Jerusalem have met to to determine whether the Gentiles are really going to be able to receive the good news of the gospel and be saved. And they, they talk about David's worship and David's tent referred to in Amos 9. That's there for all the nations to be able to come and worship God together. Isn't that what Jesus says to the woman at the well? Those who worship will worship in spirit and in truth. It's not about being on this mountain or that mountain. It's just about being full of the Holy Spirit, having the truth of who Jesus is. And once that's inside you, wherever you are, you can worship the Lord. A people of proclamation, a people of promise, a people who are prophetic, and a people of praise. A people of praise. People who are rejoicing in all that God has done for us. In everything, that we rejoice and give glory to him. And then if you put the next line up, please, Adam. And this is where we get harvesty, look. Yes. But it says again, these are the days of the harvest. We shared from these verses in Matthew 9 and Luke 10, not too long ago. Jesus says, the harvest is is great. John 4, the fields are white in the world. In Matthew 20, Jesus talks about the laborers in the vineyard. 
It's a parable in Matthew 20 of those who go to work in the vineyard and some start early in the morning, some come along during the day and some come just an hour before the end and all of them are rewarded for their labor. Here's good news. No matter how long you've been saved for, whether it's been ages or just for a short period of time, your reward is the same. Eternity with him. Now we can store up riches in heaven, but our eternal life is established in him receive that same reward. And I don't know about you, but it's too good to keep to myself. That truth is too good to be contained in me that I keep a secret from everybody else around me if I truly believe that I'm alive because Jesus lives, that my eternal fate is in him, that I can know that my eternal destiny is in God's hands. I think that's exciting. Labor is in your vineyard declaring the word of the Lord. And so what I'd like to do, if the singers and musicians would come back up, um, I'd like us to sing this song together, if that's okay. But I just wanted to talk about it a little bit first before we sing it, because I think it's really important that we really do think about what we're singing. Can you stand for a moment? Everybody seems a little bit quiet and a bit subdued. And, and that's... That's okay, but I just want us to be able to declare something this morning. There's a, there's a prophetic statement that comes through us singing this song about who we are, about the days that we're living in, and about what God wants to do through us. Jesus is coming back in glory. Jesus is coming back in glory. He's coming back. You read 1 Thessalonians 4, it's going to be great, it's going to be incredible, the whole world is going to know, there's going to be a trumpet blast, and he will return in glory, and we will be ready, but we will also do all that we can to make sure that those around us are also ready. I'm ready, Lord Jesus, for your return, but Lord, help me to be effective in bringing others into that readiness. I am in your kingdom and I rejoice that you've saved me and that I can live in this kingdom. I'm a a child of God and I'm a member of this kingdom. But Lord, help me to be able to bring others into this kingdom, Lord, and to tell them about the wonders that it is to be a child of God. To know peace with the living God. To know you, Lord, as our heavenly Father. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.